Welcome to LifeWords Day by Day. Do you ever wonder if your life matters? If your life makes any kind of difference in the big plan of God? Does your life and the way you go about your day-to-day -day tasks, does it make an impact, any global, universal impact? I mean, really, teaching the first through third graders? What difference is that gonna make, right? Or teaching the same adults year after year after year. What real major difference is it going to make in their lives, much less what global impact will it have for the kingdom? Do you ever think about those things, the significance of your life and what you're doing, or the seeming insignificance? Well, I hope you do. And if you are thinking that your life is insignificant, that it makes no real universal impact, I want to expose to you a sovereign God that is orchestrating things in and around your life that are intended to have worldwide impact. In the book of Acts today that we're studying, we're going to be looking at an account of Peter, Aeneas, and a lady named Dorcas. And why is this, impo why is this important information given to Theophilus? And why does Theophilus need to care about what's going on? And how does this add to what Luke is trying to accomplish in the book of Acts? Well, let's remember, first of all, what the purpose of the book of Acts is. We are watching unfold before our eyes what it looks like for a church to be underneath the direction and power of the Holy Spirit as it testifies to the life and death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. The gospel. The gospel is the news that sinners who have been separated from God can be reconciled in their relationship and status with God through the life and death and resurrection of Jesus, and they are given new life to fulfill the Great Commission. So Luke is recounting to Theophilus the history of this church right after Jesus ascends into heaven and how God is going to accomplish the stated goal in Acts chapter 1, verse 8. And part of the goal is that the gospel would be preached in power to the Gentiles. So what we have just seen in the beginning of Acts chapter 9, we have seen a bit of foreshadowing that Paul is going to be the main witness to the Gentile people. But just so we don't think that there's going to be a division or a hierarchy of Christians, Peter is going to be the one who is the instrument through which the gospel comes to the Jews, Samaritans, and the Gentiles. So you see this in Acts chapter 2 with the Jews. You see it in Acts chapter 8 with the Samaritans. And then later in Acts chapter 10, the Gentiles. Peter is present in each of those cases to verify that what has taken place to the Samaritans and the Gentiles is the same thing that has taken place to the Jews. But let's back this up and look at Acts chapter 9, verses 31 and following. It says, so the church throughout all Judea and Galilee and Samaria had peace and was being built up. And walking in the fear of the Lord and in the comfort of the Holy Spirit, it multiplied. Now as Peter went here and there among them all, he came down also to the saints who lived at Lydda. There he found a man named Aeneas, bedridden for eight years, who was paralyzed. And Peter said to him, Aeneas, Jesus Christ heals you. Rise and make your bed. And immediately he rose, and all the residents of Lydda and Sharon saw him, and they turned to the Lord. Now there was in Joppa a disciple named Tabitha, which translated means Dorcas. She was full of good works and acts of charity. In those days she became ill and died, and when they had washed her, they laid her in an upper room. And since Lydda was near Joppa, 
the disciples, hearing that Peter was there, sent two men to him, urging him, please come to us without delay. So Peter rose and went with them. And when he arrived, they took him to the upper room. All the widows stood beside him, weeping and showing tunics and other garments that Dorcas made while she was with them. But Peter put them all outside and knelt down and prayed. And turning to the body, he said, Tabitha, arise. And she opened her eyes. And when she saw Peter, she sat up and he gave her his hand and raised her up. And then calling the saints and widows, he presented her alive. And it became known throughout all Joppa. And many believed in the Lord. And he stayed in Joppa for many days with one Simon, a tanner. But the question remains, why does Luke include this account about Aeneas and Dorcas? And what in the world does it have to do with my life and its lack of significance or the importance that it has for universal impact? These two stories show us that God is providentially working to fulfill the mission given back in Acts chapter 1, verse 8. He is setting the pieces in place for Peter to open the way for the Gentiles to enter the kingdom of God. Luke could have just started at chapter 10 and skipped over this last section of chapter 9, but the Holy Spirit inspired the writing of this text for a reason. He wanted us to see how Peter got to Joppa, which is where he is at at the end of chapter 9. He ends up in Joppa because he is led to check on all the churches throughout Judea, Samaria, and Galilee, including the saints in Lydda. Jesus performs a miracle through Peter in Lydda. Disciples in Joppa hear about it. They bring Peter over to Joppa to check on Dorcas. And it's from Joppa that Peter hears about Cornelius, who is the Gentile that is converted and opens up the way for the gospel to go into all the earth. So this is a transitional passage that shows us how Peter ends up in Joppa. And he had big ministry, checking on all the churches, but little ones as well, being faithful in the everyday things, which ends up making a global impact. When you pray today, please remember Matt Barker, his wife Allison, and their boys, Calix and Kale, church planners in Missouri. Also, remember to pray for the Amari Life Word broadcast in the target area of Bolivia, in Peru.